Hi friends, I'm Gwen. And I'm Jacqueline. Welcome to Talk Bookish to Me. The podcast where friends get together and talk about books. If you haven't listened to part one of this episode, then you missed out on hearing our reading stats and least favorite books of 2020. You can find part one of episode 10 on your favorite podcast app. Before we jump into our favorite books of the year, I'm curious how hard this was for you to narrow down or like rank. So like we talked about earlier, it actually wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. And I think that's just because I am very particular with my ratings. Like that's why my Goodreads rating is so low. So when I like went through all of the list of books that I read this year, I was like, okay, yep, that's one of my favorites. That's one of my favorites. That's one of my favorites. And then I was like, oh, cool. That was all of them. Oh, look, (laughs) that was 10. Perfect. (laughs) So I didn't have to like really pick and choose between them. It was like, yep, those were my favorites. And it was the 10. It was like cut and dry so clear to you. Well, Mm -hmm. like I said, this year I didn't have any like wow books. I had quite a lot of four and five star reads. um, And I almost think looking back, some of the four stars meant more. Mm -hmm. They've stuck with me longer than some of the five stars did. But regardless, this list contains all of like all of the books on this list are five star reads. And I hope next year with a slight tweak to my rating scale, I have an easier time identifying the best of the best. Mm -hmm. Um, Our favorites will be ranked from 10 being like a favorite but number one being our favorite of the year so all right here we go Jacqueline why don't you go first this time okay mine so I know that my number one definitely is like my favorite favorite but then the other nine I don't know if I like could exactly rank them so yeah I mean I tried to put them in a I mean well I I guess I didn't really try I just kind of put them on here but Mm -hmm. I feel like even if I, I was trying to look at it and I was like, mm, I don't even know how I would rank those into an order. So don't think that I dislike my number 10 more than I dis- like, dislike my number six or like my number six or whatever. But starting out, I have Una Out of Order by Margarita Montemore. I was, well, I mean, I thought I was going to like this one, but I was actually surprised. This is actually a book that I rated four to four and a half, I think, on Goodreads. And then after thinking about it for a long time and still thinking about it, I decided to bump it up to five. So it wasn't originally a five star for me. Um, and I loved this because it is the concept of time. So it is about Una who her life is literally out of order. Like she wakes up like in 1990 sometimes if she's like 19 and then she'll wake up in like 1924 the next year. Like it's it's weird, but like I actually really, really liked it. And the characters are fantastic. I am not a huge like character driven person. And that's why I went back and upped this rating because after I read it, I just could not get the characters out of my head and I I almost wanted like a part two like I wanted to keep oh, reading about these I characters. I love that feeling. Yeah, so I, love I that feeling when did, you're like so connected. Yeah, I really 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 loved this story. Well, this is the one that you told me that you really liked like back when you read it and mm-hmm. I requested it for my library, but it was when my library had like reopened for curbside and then they closed back down so like the book got lost in transit oh, from no. one library to another. So I'm still this is still on my radar. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> I think that you would really like it um, just because it, I mean, you do like some of those like time type of mm-hmm. like alternate reality type of books. I just also liked the life lessons that were in it. I thought that those, I, I it was very, other than the time going around, like the rest of it is very realistic. Like when I go mm-hmm. into time travel books, like I know that time is not realistic. Like I think I have to like be 
okay with that in the beginning, you know? Then I have Mallory by Josh Mallerman. I, I mean, I love Bird Box, but I read that like a year ago. And then when Mallory came out, I was really afraid because I saw mixed reviews, but no, it was just as good. I loved it just as much. I just love that whole like, not being able to see and living in an apocalyptic world. It was, it was great. I just loved it. And we have The Roanoke Girls by Amy Engel. This, I know that you guys have heard me talk about because I read it in, I think it was like the spring or the summer. And then a lot of people read it after I uh, talked about it and they also really liked it. But this one is kind, just a little bit of a thriller, but it was kind of like the gateway of me getting into my love of cult books, which we have many of those on this list. <laughs> so the, other cult books are Educated by Tara Westwood. I mean, technically, I guess it's not really a cult. They're, I think they're like Mormon memoir, fund right? fundamentalists, I think is the correct term. But this is actually a nonfiction memoir from her life of growing up like this. And it always blows my mind how people live or have lived, currently live. And it's just, if, if you are interested in like cults or, you know, you like kind of like true crime type of things, like I think that you should definitely pick up these types of books, but you have to be okay that there's gonna be lots of trigger warnings in these. Another one that goes along with that is The Sound of Gravel by Ruth Werner. This is a nonfiction memoir about polygamy. It is crazy. It is very emotional. Like cried my eyes out while reading it because to me, like when I, read a actual true book like I mean of course it's realistic there were actually like pictures in there and I was like I just could not believe like what I was reading and that it pertained to the pictures I was looking at and it just blows my mind but those are like even though those are all really like hard books for me to read they were all five stars and like stayed with me and they are like some of my favorite books then we have a cruel beautiful world by Caroline Levitt, leave it, Carolyn, Caroline. I never know how people are supposed to say that name. Yeah, I always say Caroline Levitt, Levitt. I don't know Levitt? what I say now, I don't but know. yeah. Um, it's L E A V I T T, in case you guys want to look it up. But um, this one, it's not as cultish as the other books. It is more of a, I guess I would say, a taboo romance mixed with some really great characters and their backstory and the cultish vibes are kind of like the 70s vibes and Marilyn Manson and stuff like that so this one was really good if you do like those emotional character driven books um, but it's not gonna be like it's not true it's you know nothing like yeah. that then we have the idea of you by Robin Lee this is also a taboo romance but it's the opposite of what you you know normally think about this is an age gap with the woman being older like in her I don't know late 30s or early 40s and she is dating this 20 year old in a boy band and I mean I know it sounds weird people judge me so hard sometimes for like recommending this book but I'm telling you it is very realistic. I could totally see this happening to a lot of different people. And it's not, it, it's not like gross or immature, anything like that. And there's not a lot of like sex or smut in it because I don't like books like that either. So if you love age gap romances, like and emotional ones, I cried at the end of this, you have to pick this one up. Then we have The Last Mrs. Parish by Liv Constantine. There's not that many thrillers on this list, you know? I realize yeah, that. Yeah, that is surprising. I have like a really good mixture, I feel like. So this is a thriller, and I did really, really like this. I'm not going to really 
talk about what it is because I feel like when I when I say it's oh it's like this other book then you kind of already know like the theme of it so I'm not gonna say that but if you like domestic thrillers then you should read this one because I was yes. blown away I thought it was one of the best thrillers I read this year it was really good yeah <laughs> then uh for my number two I have the bromance book club by Alyssa K Adams I loved this book it was such a good romance realistic emotional funny like I mean it was funny like I was yeah I do not laugh very much <laughs> reading books and it was great I really really loved it and I loved how it was like it was about this married couple that was having relationship problems which love reading about that but the guy was actually like putting in effort I mean we always read about like the woman putting in effort but I mean how cool is that so all right we'll talk about my number one after you tell me about your tops okay okay so at number 10 I put Layla by Colleen Hoover and guys this one snuck in at the last minute I just read it a couple books ago and it was wild like the whole time I was reading it I was like what am I reading that's crazy but you have to keep in mind (gasps) that this is a paranormal romance oh man so is it gonna be a realistic romance no because paranormal things are not realistic what but romances can still be realistic romances can (laughs) but this is a paranormal romance so please 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 keep this in mind when you read it Um, whether you read it at the end of this year or the beginning of next year please 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 (laughs) keep that in mind because I think it you have a chance to really love this one but you the whole time you're reading it I'm just I was like frustrated Mm -hmm. because I was like so was it this Because, like, it's never explicitly said for a very long time Mm -hmm. what is happening. Okay. So you're just kind of, like, (laughs) in this murky situation. Mm. So maybe I need to do a spoiler vlog for that one. Do it. Do it. But the whole thing, the whole update's going to be, like, I have no idea what's happening yet. I'll update you in 20 pages. (laughs) Still, no idea what's happening. It could be this, or it could be this, or it could be this. Oh, yeah, I still don't know. (laughs) I would love to see a spoiler vlog for it. But okay, so you have Leeds and Layla, and he's convinced that he'll spend the rest of his life with her until there is this attack that leaves Layla fighting for her life. So after weeks in the hospital, Layla recovers physically, but the emotional and mental scarring has altered um, her, and he decides, okay, I'm going to whisk her away to the place where we met and give her like that reprieve, let her heal, and stuff like that. But when they get there strange bizarre things start happening and you just don't know where it's going okay and it also starts like in a different place than I thought it would but I really liked it I rated it five out of five stars and it just was like mind-blowing that it scooched in at the last minute okay the next one is the gracier by kim leggett Mm -hmm. and this is one that I read in January this is a YA story that I I personally have never seen anybody else say this, but it's like a mixture between The Giver by Lois Lowry and The Hunger Games by Suzanne Collins. Mm -hmm. The reason why I say The Giver, which is my favorite book of all time, is the kind of the world that they live in. It's kind of like, not like a modern day type world. It's like this weird set off secluded where they have their own rules that govern them and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So you have these girls, um, I think it was like, what, I forget how old it is, but at a certain age. I think they're like 14 or 15 because it's right when they're like 
getting yeah, their period. It's banished at 16. So at 16. So at 16, they're supposed to come into these powers that like make men go wild, mm-hmm. you know. So what the, I don't even know the, I don't want to call it a commune because it's not that, but the community decides to send them away to the woods for a year to get to release their powers. And this um, period of time is called the grace year. So this group of girls in this community, all it's like a big group of them go out to the woods. They lead them out to the woods and they're there for a year. And it's what happens is do they have these powers? What do these powers do? And so forth and stuff like that. Just, it was, I, the giver's my favorite book of all time. So obvious I loved it for the, like the setting and like the, the community type part and then I just really liked the other part it kind of felt a little Hunger Games-esque because everything that goes down during that year um the next one is The Guest List by Lucy Fowley this is set off of the coast of Ireland on a small island it's a wedding party that comes and it's told from like six different perspectives the bride the plus one the best man the wedding planner the bridesmaid and the body and you just are figuring out there's been an accident. What's happened? Is someone dead? Who is it? Who's done it? And all of that. Really, really liked it. It was a classic kind of whodunit story. Um, the Bromance Book Club, obviously on my list as well. Read it this summer. Absolutely loved it. It was hilarious. I loved it being about a married couple. I love that this man was fighting for his relationship so much. Um, and I have the other two books now, thanks to members of my book club um, that they got for me for Christmas. And I'm just so excited to continue. I've heard that it doesn't focus on the book club as much, but I just loved Liz K. Adams writing. And I know that it's probably going to make me laugh at least once or twice. Mm-hmm. I really liked that one. I know you'll disagree with me on my next one. <laughs> Beach Read by Emily Henry. Really loved this one. This is about Augustus in January, and they're both writers. Augustus is a literary fiction author, and January Andrews is a romance writer and they are spending the summer like in neighboring beach houses and they kind of have writer's block but they're also um like kind of nemesis from college nemesis nemesis <laughs> from college and um yeah it's just kind of like their stories about like getting over their writer's block but I felt like the parts that I liked were like obviously it's a romance story so I mean, I don't have to tell you what happens there, but I like that, you know, Augustus is dealing with real life things and that January is also dealing with real life things, but they don't expect, it's not like I need this, this guy in my life to like help me fix my problems or whatever. It wasn't like the romance is there to like gloss over everything. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really liked about it. I felt like it was kind of realistic and the fact, like not the writer's part, because I have no idea, but that two people could both have problems that they're both adult enough to deal with their on their own and still kind of pursue a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. The next one I've talked about a ton. You guys are going to be sick of me talking about this one, but the year's almost over. So this is the last episode. I'll probably talk about this one for a while. <laughs> one to watch by Kate Stainman London. Cannot talk about this one enough. It's a stylish plus size fashion blogger um, who has like an Instagram following and she has like a blog. She ends up becoming a character on the show Main Squeeze, which is like The Bachelorette. And I, I was thinking about it more and more when I was coming up with this list. And I know you didn't like it because you said it followed so closely to The Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. And you were just binging a lot of the like seasons, the old seasons and stuff. Um, I have not watched The Bachelorette 
in literally years Mm -hmm. until this year. And that was after I read the book. So I think I did have enough distance from the show to read this and enjoy it. And plus, I'm a plus-size person myself. So I really related to the character of B and um, or Bea, I think is her name. Mm -hmm. Um, So Bea. And I really just like related to her and the things that she was talking about, like the fashion industry and how she could feel like awkward if she walks into a restaurant. It's like really tight or like there's like a tight booth and you're like, awkward like I feel so embarrassed because like you're not really like ashamed of your body per se but you're ashamed of like how other people will perceive you because of your body it's a really weird place and I feel like unless you are I mean I could be wrong but in my personal opinion I think the reason why I personally identified is I feel the same way like I'm not ashamed of my body size but I think that other people are ashamed of my body size I don't know if that makes sense, but I understood it on a deep level. I binged this book so hard. I read it so fast and I just, I loved it. It will always be like one of my favorites. I think the other problem that I had with it is that I didn't love any of the guys. And that's also what happened watching like this year's The Bachelorette is I didn't love any of the guys. So I just could not become attacked. Like I wasn't rooting for anybody. Yeah. I had a couple, like I had some that were at the beginning. I was like, yeah, I didn't like any of the guys either. But I think, and that happens to me every single Bachelorette though, or Mm -hmm. like Bachelor or whatever, is I never really have favorites because I never want to get invested until I know who they're really interested in. Because like, obviously it's not for me, it's for them. So like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. I already have my man. (laughs) So I'm seeing who you're really interested in and then I'll start picking my favorites. Yeah. And I feel like that's how I was in this. I wasn't really invested in it was like down to three guys and then I was like oh my gosh please pick this guy all right the next one is the dream daughter by Diane Chamberlain I think that's literally the first time I've ever said her name right (laughs) I always call her Diana Chamberlain so I'm trying to rename her but her name the author is Diane Chamberlain and I have you to thank for this this one is a historical fiction like what Mm -hmm. who is this person right now um it's set in like the 1970s and this woman has um, she's pregnant and her unborn baby girl has a heart defect and in 1970 there's little that can be done to like help her like in utero like there's nothing that can happen and her brother-in-law tells her like hey girl I got you I'm gonna send you to the future and you're gonna have this operation and she's like say what (laughs) yeah it's just it's so crazy I've literally like recommended this book to so many people it's so good it's so good and so much more happens than you would think is gonna happen so that's what I like it just keeps going and going and going the next one is the plot is murder by vm burns which who knew a cozy mystery would end up on my favorites of the year this one um, our main character samantha washington has dreamed of owning her own mystery bookstore and she's finally making that happen she's also um, a budding writer and she's pinning a cozy mystery set in england and um, while she's opening her cozy mystery or her mystery bookshop there is a dead body that shows up and she's kind of like the prime suspect and her and her grandmother and her and her grandmother's group of friends help her like solve this and it's <laughs> so 
funny. It's like, I was literally like laughing out loud. Her grandmother is literally hilarious. Her, her grandmother's friends are even more hilarious. And like, I just loved the mystery vibes. I also liked that it was like two mysteries in one. Mm-hmm. So you have the main thing where like Samantha's opening the bookshop and there's a dead body found and she's the prime suspect. But then she's also writing that cozy mystery and there's a mystery happening in it as well. And I usually hate books within books. I'm like, just get back to the regular story. But this one, both of them had me intrigued and I was happy with both the stories. And I loved it so much that I picked up the second book and then I got the third book as a Christmas gift so so excited to continue on in the story that does sound really good yeah and then the my number two spot goes to the Saturday Night Ghost Club by Craig Davidson which is the pen name of Nick Cutter and so horror author that writes this book I read this in Halloween and our Halloween time in October and I think it was like the perfect book I had never heard anybody talk about it it's just a book that I came across myself and I was like Saturday Night Ghost Club it's October let's talk about some ghosts so I got it and it's so much more than it sets out to be um it's short it's a bittersweet coming of age story. It's kind of like Stranger Things, a little bit stand by me, but it's about a group of misfit kids who spend an unforgettable summer investigating local ghost stories and urban legends. And what's really cool about this one is that they're doing it with their uncle. Or so one of the characters, it's his uncle, and he just sounds like the quintessential awesome uncle. And like he would always like when kids are younger and they're like scared of monsters in the closet or whatever, the parents just got sick of dealing with it. They were always like, there's no monsters in the closet or I looked and there's no monsters or whatever, where the uncle would be like, there's a monster in your closet. Let's go investigate. And he'd like go in there and be like, oh, we can't open the door, but let's set a trap. And he'd like set up this elaborate thing. Like he always like let the kids imagination, but like also make them feel safe and loved and validated. Like even though he's a kid, like, Mm -hmm. you know, yes, there's a monster in your closet, but let's defeat it type thing. I just really love the connection between him and his uncle. But then also like when you start investigating these ghost stories and these urban legends, it's just really cool. I've always been interested in that, like local ghost stories and urban legends and how they intertwine, but then how it's not a surface level thing. It's a much deeper meaning. And it's like, so like, soul like gripping I don't know I was just I loved it and I was like crying and I was like oh my gosh like it was just it it was so unexpected that's crazy I've never even heard of that book yeah I literally heard nobody talk about it before I picked it up and then I promise you the same month that I read it I heard of like five other people talking about it and I don't know if it was just one of those weird paradoxical things where like you know you never hear anything about it and you do it or you see it once and then it's like everywhere Mm -hmm. but oh my gosh it was so interesting and I think the reason why is because like there's two covers to this one. They have the old cover that was like the original cover and that cover is just so weird. But then the one that I got has this like really kind of cartoony cover. Mm-hmm. And I think the cover change really brought people in Okay. because that old cover was like a no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Gwen, oh I, I need to know. I need to know. <laughs> what was your number one favorite book of the year? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> ready to announce you better spill it (laughs) (laughs) okay my favorite book of the year was take a hint danny brown by talia hibbert uh this author just has a way to make me 
laugh and connect with her characters. And I absolutely loved Get a Life, Chloe Brown by Tolly Hibbert, the first book in the Brown Sister series. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I rated it five out of five stars. And some people like didn't like it. But I literally, like if you look at all my friends and all the people I know on BookTube, I literally was the first one to read it. And I kept raving about it, raving about it. And then finally people started reading it. And they're like, oh my gosh, five stars. And I'm like, duh, I told you that like two years ago. <laughs> like whenever that book released, that's when I started telling people about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so then Take a Hint, Danny Brown came out. And I was like, there's no way, like, second book syndrome. Well, it's not really her second book, but second book in the series. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just, like, worried, like, it's not going to live up to it. And I think I loved this one more. Wow. Like, is that possible? So what I like that Talia Hibbert does is, like I said, it's super funny. Like, I love when a book can make me laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. But it also, like, grounds me in a way, like, with, like, family and real-life issues. Mm-hmm. And also, characters from the first book pop up in this one. And it's just so cute. And, I mean, yes, it's predictable. It's a romance. They're going to end up together. Like, it's not a big secret. But, like, it to me, romance stories, I hate when people say, um, oh, my gosh, it was so predictable. That's me. Well, duh. Like, that's what romance books, I mean, that is the definition. If you look up, what is a romance book? It's when... Person A and Person B end up together. Stop calling me out. (laughs) (laughs) That's what a romance. So is it predictable? Yes. But the romance books to me are how do they get from in this like barely, well, not really like romantic involvement to getting that, you know, to that relationship part. And it was just. Okay. It's just so funny, Chef's though, kiss. that you're like, yeah, that's what a romance book is. Because I am <laughs> that person that I'm like, ew, it was predictable. Because all of my highly rated romances are not predictable. That, like, right. th- you don't know if they're going to end up together. Sometimes they don't end up together. And I love yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So this one is a kind of like a fake dating romance. Mm-hmm. So it's like a rom-com where Danny Brown agrees to fake date the guy after like there's, he's like the security guard or something. And there's going to be this like uh, drill or something that shuts down the elevators and she gets trapped in the elevator. And he, instead of just like helping her out of the elevator and like walking her out, he like scoops her up in his arms and like carries her out Wish. and all the kids at the college or like on their phones like filming it like oh my gosh oh my gosh and of course it goes viral and there's like a hashtag that becomes of it and like it's just so cute because she kind of has always like liked him but like not you know Mm -hmm. she hasn't ever taken it to that next step and I just really liked her as a character I thought she was like a strong feminist witchy goddess Mm -hmm. and then um And then he was really kind of, he had like anxiety and stuff like that and things that had happened in his past. And so I felt like both of the characters were quote unquote realistic because they were definitely dealing with like things. Um, But then it's just like so cute because they're fake dating and you're like, come on guys, when does the fake dating end and the real romance begins? You know, like it's just, (laughs) oh, it's so good. So yeah, really like that. What is yours, Jacqueline? Okay, so mine... Your number one. Yeah. Your number one drum roll. Oh my gosh. It is kind of funny because <laughs> as soon as I read this book, I was pretty sure this was going to be my favorite of the year. And even reading other books that like got pretty close to it, I just like, like looking at the list 
earlier, I was like, yeah, this is still my number one. Like there's just no doubt about it. My number one is All the Ugly and Wonderful Things by Brynn Greenwood. It is a romance book. It is a taboo romance. It is an age gap romance. It is a very triggering, like unpredictable. What is that yeah. called when like it causes problems for people? I forget what it's morally gray. Yeah, like it's not gonna be great for everybody. But I think mm -hmm. one of the reasons that made it just like go from like a five star to just like the best book ever is the fact that the author wrote it pretty much from part of her own experience. Like it's not it's not a memoir. It is a fiction book, but knowing that the author had these same feelings that these characters went through just made me appreciate the book so much more. I do understand why people would not like it or would boycott the book because it is problematic for people. Like the age gap, I think is the number one thing that people are really like, what? Yeah. A lot of times though, it seems that people are boycotting it before they read it. It's because they have only heard yeah. from other people or they read the synopsis and they think that this book is about a six-year-old or a very young girl that's having a relationship with a older man like in his 20s. That's not what it is. Like I'm here to tell right. you it is way more than that. There is no romance at that young that young age. But reading yeah. all of the other things that are in the book and the life that this little girl had before having this friend, um, I think that really makes you appreciate the like the relationship that's built because it is just a regular friendship at first building into a relationship building into a romantic relationship when she is older yeah so. it almost to me because I read this one obviously as well I think it almost starts off as like almost like a guardian like mm -hmm. a protector almost like I don't know she really needed that person so a lot of people think that it's like grooming and that she didn't really have those feelings but oh I don't know yeah so it can be a, a big a very big problematic <laughs> book but I did just have some of my friends read it recently and they also agreed with me that like hit it out of the park it was amazing so I mean I know it can go multiple different ways you could love it you could hate it I don't have a daughter so I think also it was a little bit easier for me to love mm -hmm. it without because I'm thinking about myself and how I would have like how I was when I was 14 or how I would have been if I was in Wavy's shoes. When you said that you're like I don't have a daughter. Well you're having these people that have like a daughter or let's say a son it doesn't matter if it's a boy or a girl or whatever mm -hmm. you know in between but they're saying like I would never want my daughter to go through. Well your daughter also wouldn't have lived the life that this main character lived. Right. Like the life is so different so you yeah. really it's yeah. Yeah and I mean I was somebody that like if I could have gotten married at 16 I would have done it. So I could see myself being the character in this book and like being perfectly okay, literally living out exactly the way the character does, felt like an adult or was even, I, I even grew as an adult very young at an age. So that's the thing. Like some people are like, oh, you know, he's literally looking at a child and it's like child pornography. Like, no, that's not how everyone doesn't age the same way. So you have to go into it, like, you know, do your own research. Some people are afraid and still haven't read it, even though they've heard really good things about it. So I'm not going to like, like, don't feel pressured to read it if you think that you're going to be upset by 
the storyline but I just yeah. I just loved it I cannot get it out of my head I do want to reread it in the future even though I'm not uh, a rereader re-read what? yeah <laughs> um just because I want like I miss the relationship in it I just want to read about that again because I thought that it was so I I honestly thought it was a very pure relationship there you have it guys those are our favorite and least favorite reads of 2020 we had you guys submit your favorite books that you read this year and I do have quite a few responses actually that I want to go over with you now. So Chanel.Lopez said Home Before Dark by Riley Sager. That was a good one. Um, Pixielicious said Sister Grimm by Mina Van Prague. We also had a couple of No Exit. Mm -hmm. Um, We also had Birthday Girl, Punk 57, Dark underscore Paradise said Book of Longings, um, A Good Marriage, The Midnight Library, His and Hers, and Girl with like a loud voice. Mm. He started it, was on here a couple of times, Dancing to Rock and Roll said that. Coffee, Tea, and Me, Sarah said Take a Hint, Danny Brown. Yes, girl. Um, The Night Swim, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And then she also had, I'm thinking of ending things on her list of favorites. Um, I'll forgive you for um, that. <laughs> oh, um, another one that Dancing to Rock and Roll said was Long Bright River, All the Ugly and Wonderful Things, Yay! and um, The Dream Daughter. Yep. Um, they also said Confessions, The Unhoneymooners, um, His and Hers, another one for His and Hers. Mm, I have to read that. Um, on the Island, that's a really good age gap romance. Yep. Read with Allison said... Addie LaRue. And I'm like, wah, wah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's awesome that you enjoyed it. Um, Home Before Dark. Um, the Midnight Library, which is one that I do want to read. I just didn't get to it. Um, the Switch, The One, and The Passengers. Well Met by Jen DeLuca was my favorite. The Simple Wild by K.A. Tucker. This is, I don't know how to say this one. This is like Charlie with a G on the end. Um, said The Simple Wild by K.A. Tucker. Home Before Dark and... Oh, they love the podcast. Thank you. Um, Also, Boho Bookworm said My Dark Vanessa was one of their favorites. The Linden Bookie said Fable, Ruin Song, To Sleep in a Sea of Stars. Yeah, I think that's all of them that we got. But yeah, I I just loved hearing like what made your favorites list. And I hope we get to do this every single year with you guys. So how are you going to be ringing in the new year this year, Jacqueline? It's going to be different than any other year, that's for sure. Yeah, so I am going to my sister's baby shower. Um, so we're kind of doing a bunch of things. So we're going to come visit you. <laughs> Yay, I'm so excited. Yeah, because my sister lives not very far away from Gwen. Like 10 minutes down the road. Yeah, so visiting Gwen, meeting her husband for the first time. We're going to have a game night, drink wine, yes. do all the fun things. cheese board. Yes, cannot wait. <laughs> and then after that, my sister is doing like a little New Year's Eve. It's just with my other brother and his wife and then my sister and her husband. Um, so we're going to do that for New Year's Eve. And then it's her baby shower which again it's like 10 people it's just my it's my siblings pretty much and like there's (laughs) significant others um but yeah yeah, so really excited for that that's going to be january 2nd and then we'll just come back home and get ready for the new year and work work. yeah (laughs) so yep that's my plans what about you well before we say that i just want to 
like reiterate that like Jacqueline and her husband both they get tested mm-hmm. almost on a weekly basis with their work. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like she's just traveling like willy nilly like just throwing caution to the wind. Like she's literally meeting with her family. Mm-hmm. She's getting tested. I feel safe with her coming here. Yeah, and, and it's the same know, me state. And my, yeah, and so I mean, I just want you guys know like we are being safe so don't worry about us um so yeah i'm really really excited for your visit i'm trying to get the house ready because you're like a minimalist and we're like a maximalist (laughs) so (laughs) our houses are very different need a shirt like Um, that (laughs) have the arrows pointing like i'm the like she's the minimalist she's the maximalist it's true so i'm really i did get your room already and i'm just really excited about that um i don't have like a guest like i feel bad because like when i went to go visit her she had like a whole guest room with like a nice bed and like all this stuff I'm like girl you're sleeping on an air mattress or like a fold down couch totally I'm sorry fine. that's totally fine <laughs> but I'm like it's one night it's one night and like we're gonna be drinking yeah what's sleep wine, so. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so I'm like hopefully they won't remember it but no I'm really really excited about about that and um yeah I, we never really do anything special for new year's i've done like i think as an adult i've had went to like one new year's eve party mm-hmm. i was at my best friend's mom's house because she has like a lot of siblings so they have like a big thing at her mom's house mm-hmm. obviously we're not doing that this year yeah so we're just gonna like chill at home sometimes we get champagne sometimes we don't i don't even think we drank our champagne last night in fact i think the bottle of champagne is still oh my gosh i have to tell so. you about this amazing drink if you have champagne what? You need to do, do. cider mimosas. <laughs> so go grab okay. apple cider, mix it with your okay. champagne. It is so delicious. Okay. It's so done easy. I mean, you literally need. That's what we're having yeah. when you come. What we're having. No, cider for real. Mimosas. Like I will stock, I will help stock and we will drink that <laughs> because it is so good. And some people said you could even like dip the rim of the glass in like caramel if you wanted to, but like <gasps> it is, it's so oh easy. Gosh. I mean, two ingredients, champagne, apple <laughs> cider best thing and ever. I love both of those so like yum yeah. um yeah like me and my husband we're like old people so we go to bed early or like he does I try to make it and I used to watch like back in the day the uh Dick Clark like New Year's Eve mm-hmm. type thing yeah I just feel like it's I, not the same anymore it's not the same. Like, yeah. and so I just mm, you know I haven't really found anything I really liked but I do try to watch the ball drop I do get my smooch for my sweetie yeah. and that's about it yeah. so and then we're like okay let's go to bed we're tired <laughs> um so yeah really looking forward to your visit and I wish your sister and the baby shower and her family like all the best I think you're going to have a blast. I know you're like cooking for it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So yep. it's just going to be a good end of the year. I'm ready to start fresh. Um, I know we're still dealing with things in our world that we need to work on next year, but I just feel like a fresh start for all of us would be really good. Thanks so much for joining us today. We want you to have a happy and safe New Year's Eve. We'll be back next Monday to kick off season two of Talk Bookish to Me. If you want to reach out to us, you can email us at talkbookishpodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at talkbookishpodcast. Remember, there's a voice message feature built into the Anchor app that allows you to leave us messages right from your phone, and we'd love to start incorporating those messages into the podcast until next year guys happy reading